0: 41, the moon is full You make love very well You touch me like I touch myself I like you, mademoiselle
1: There's nothing I would rather do They move around just like this Dance all night. Do I have to dance all night? Who tell me, bird of paradise? Do I have to dance all night? You never have to tell me. Hello, and welcome everybody to the very first episode of Lenny and Coco, the Leonard Cohen podcast. I'm your host, Ned. And I'm your host, Kinley. And we're delighted to have you. I guess we'll start by just telling you about what this podcast is going to be like. So the basic idea um, is that I'm someone who has a great love and knowledge for and of Leonard Cohen. That you do. Uh, Have for a long time. Uh, Last year, I went through every album and found it a great... Rich, rewarding, wonderful experience. And so I want to share that with my friend Kinley, who is, um, well, why don't you tell us what's your relationship with Leonard Cohen?
0: I, uh, like what I've heard, but I would say I've not heard enough. I think he is a wonderful artist and I'm really excited to learn more about him, delve deeper and definitely to get through the entire
1: catalog. You're Cohen curious. I'm Cohen curious. Exactly. As hopefully you listener are, or maybe you know all of it already. Uh, Either way, I hope you'll enjoy going on this journey with us. We're going to cover every album starting today with number one, Songs of Leonard Cohen. We're going to go through, um, we're going to hit any live album that is officially released that we feel like hitting on the way. Uh, And we're going to just take any detour that we feel like feeling. So the thing is, though, this episode is going to feel probably a little different than normal. Uh, Because, as I mentioned, we're doing Leonard Cohen's first album, Songs of Leonard Cohen, Mm -hmm. which is just uh, a towering achievement (laughs) and presence in popular culture that I think most music fans are pretty well aware of, Uh I I would say. Uh Um, Certainly, you being someone with two ears and a heart, as they say. You, you've you had your share of time with this album, I think
0: This was the one I was most familiar with But there were definitely um, Songs on there that I wasn't as well acquainted with But great. yes Okay,
1: so we'll, yeah. you'll get a little taste of uh-huh. what's going to come But mostly we're just going to talk about How great an album is that everyone thinks is great so Exactly So let's have fun um, We like to start off with uh, Just a little bit of context About the album So uh, Tell me Here we've got A debut album by a man who is not young. (laughs) Not by uh, pop music standards Uh in the late 1960s, certainly. Uh, He's had a full career and life at this point. Um, He's about 30 years old. He's published four books of poetry. He's published two novels. Um, They've been well-received. He's often called the golden boy of Canadian literature. Mm Mm-hmm. But I guess that didn't mean much more back then than it does today. Right. In, in terms of uh, at least financial gains. Uh huh. Um, so he found he needed some money and he thought he's going to go to Nashville to become a songwriter. Uh, he's always been playing guitar by himself at parties uh, to impress girls. Yeah. That kind of thing. But um, he's never taken songwriting particularly seriously. He was in a country band as a teenage boy called the Buckskin Boys.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Because uh, they all, each of their dads owned a Buckskin jacket. Oh, so my God. They wore that, called themselves the Buckskin Boys, and played country western songs. Excellent. So that's what he thought he was going to go to Nashville, write country songs.
0: What was his role in the band?
1: I'm not actually sure. I don't. Oh, okay. th- I don't think he was like a lead guy. Okay. Um, no, Guitar, he was kind presumably. of a... Probably. Okay. He was kind of a, I think. Not necessarily... A shy kid. Actually, he was in like all sorts of clubs and like yearbook club, and mm-hmm. I think school president, and was a cheerleader even. Oh, really? Um, so shy is not the right word, but he wasn't the uh, the brooding artist type that okay. we would come to know. Yes, uh, later on. So yeah, I would love to live in the alternate universe where he goes to Nashville and becomes a country songwriting oh absolutely (laughs) this is always my thing uh whenever there's a artistic what if i think if i could just if i could have a machine that could go to an alternate universe i don't want to go to like you know where there was no hitler where there's no climate change (laughs) yeah no whatever i want to go where like there's a firefly season three
0: yeah exactly (laughs) um
1: and yeah so i think it would be interesting it wouldn't be as interesting as our world actually in this case.
0: Mm, Well, I mean, probably not,
1: probably not that kind of songwriting has a tendency to sort of flatten out the individuality of a writer Mm. I find. Um, and luckily Cohen's music does not do
0: that at all. Yeah. We'll get into it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) So anyway, on his way to Nashville, he gets stuck in New York, um, gets interested in the scene there. He meets Judy Collins, um, She's a singer. She's a folk singer. Mm -hmm. Do you know Judy Collins at all? Uh, A little bit, um,
0: but not nearly as much as I'd like to. And we're going to talk about her a little later.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I gave Kenley a little bit of homework. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Because Judy Collins is super important to Leonard Cohen at this stage in his career. Mm -hmm. Um, But not right away. He meets her and she's looking for songs. She's kind of moved on from just the standard traditional folk stuff Sort of too bad because she was really good at that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I really like her. Her first album, which is all traditional material, she does a great uh, "Wild Mountain Time" especially, and a good uh, "Prickly Bush." Anyway, Ooh. um, so he sings her some songs. She doesn't like them. Really? Well, I don't. She doesn't hate them, but she's like, no, it's not for me. Do we know which songs they were? I don't. Okay, They might be things that just disappeared. The, oh, I don't right. know. Uh, but he didn't have Suzanne yet is the point. Okay. She said, call me if you have, you have something better. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Right. Uh, but so he did later. He called her and he sang her Suzanne over the phone and she oh, said, wow. I'm going to record that immediately. Oh yeah. She loved it. Everyone loved it. Uh huh. It just kind of lit the scene on fire. Um, it's hard to imagine now just like a bunch of artists living in the same city who are just like a song's not even recorded yet.
0: Yeah, I know. And
1: they just hear, but this happened apparently with Blowing in the Wind when Bob Dylan wrote that. Right. People would just be like running around knocking on their friends' doors like, my God, have you heard Bob's new song, Blowing yeah, in the that's Wind? that's so like,
0: interesting.
1: I love that idea. I do too. I, I yeah. wish we lived in a world where I could expect a knock on my door I and do. it's Kinley's. <laughs> I do too. Have you heard <laughs> whoever's new song? That'd uh, be great. But anyway, so Suzanne... Um, is taking New York city by storm a little bit. Okay. Uh, Leonard Cohen is starting to get into the world. He goes down to, uh, Andy Warhol's club and is hanging alone at the bar and a little Lou Reed comes up to him and recognizes him from the back cover of his novel, Beautiful Losers. Lou Reed is one of the only 200 people or so in America who have read that book.
0: Oh, wow. (laughs) And he
1: says, you're Mr. Cohen. Um. They didn't really become friends, I don't think, but but they knew each other. Anyway, through Judy Collins, who records Suzanne, puts it out on her album, big hit. Um, But through her, he meets John Hammond, who is a record producer slash executive extraordinaire, Mm -hmm. got Bob Dylan's queer off the ground, produced his uh, first several albums, I think, and... uh, he said he's going to produce Leonard Cohen's album. Excellent. Yeah. Um, the recording of it was kind of a mess, actually. Okay. Uh, first, Leonard starts with John. John Hammond, that is. There's another John who's going to come into the picture. Okay. Uh, things are going okay. He brings in a jazz bassist. Um, Leonard likes him, apparently. They get along. It's They're grooving. Uh-huh. Um, but John Hammond gets sick, and all this gets scrapped. Um I don't know if it was good and got scrapped if it wasn't there and it got scrapped or what but I'm pretty sure none of that is what we get on the finished album because then another producer comes in to replace John Hammond his name is John Simon. Uh-huh. And whereas John Hammond liked to just let the artist kind of do their own thing. Um this is kind of a generational shift maybe. I feel like older producers used to just You know how to set up the room and you know how to get the artists to feel relaxed and comfortable and do what they're going to do. Then newer producers come in they want to like make their own mark on the sound.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: Um, So there's a bit of that. There's a bit of disagreement between Leonard and John Simon, Um, but they just keep going. They do like dozens of takes. It sounds (laughs) kind of awful. I don't think Leonard had a good time. Um, At one point he asked for a full length mirror to be brought in because he'd like to see himself play. Wow. That's how we learned to play. I was just watching himself in the mirror. Take that for what you will. Yeah.
0: <laughs> did, did any of these recordings see the light of day?
1: This is, yeah, we're talking about the album now. Um, uh, oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. He also brings in this band called Kaleidoscope. They're okay. not credited on the album sleeve, but oh. they were there. Um, they were like a psych folk band. They're pretty good. Actually, I checked them out a little bit. Uh-huh. They've got some cool stuff. Got a good O-Death Mm. Got some good jug band sounds going. Uh huh. Anyway, um, they come in, they play with Leonard, and eventually, we get the album. It's, it's really unclear, um, you know where in the process any of these songs are taken from. Uh huh. Like I don't know if these are take two or take like sixty five yeah. or what. We I don't. I think we just don't know. But that's what we got.
0: Okay. This is
1: what we got. Wow. Um, it comes out December 26th, 1967, basically <laughs> 1968. Um, and after all of that messy, hectic recording that sounded like no fun at all, we somehow end up with this 10-track album that is one of the greatest albums ever made. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like a miracle. It's, it's wild. Yeah. Um, and it, and it doesn't, I mean, we'll get into what it sounds like, but it doesn't sound like that at all. It sounds so assured Mm -hmm. and steady and authoritative. Yes. You wouldn't expect to have it, to have that backstory at all.
0: No, I definitely wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't have. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I guess that's like a, you know, like a good play or something like everybody's freaking out backstage every night,
0: but absolutely in the audience, you don't know. Yeah.
1: Uh, anyway, so that's a little bit of context for this album, and then okay, we're going cool. to not quite kick it off just yet, because first we're going to take a look at the cover.
0: All right. Um, Let us reach over to our... We've got two sleeves for this one.
1: Yeah, this is the one time, probably, <laughs> we're going to each have our own sleeve to look at. Excellent. Um, my mom had one, and my partner's parents also had one, so now uh, I have of two. Of course, this is yes. Yes. <laughs> There one's a little redder than the other. I don't know if that's just Show like. Show me yours? Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mine's a little redder. Yeah. I
1: don't know if that's sun damage or what's the deal. Today, hmm. But anyway. So what do we got here? We got a picture of Leonard Cohen, basically. Yeah. In a black border. Uh-huh. And yeah, like he's not the young, hot, cool singer. Yeah. That is popular in 1967. Yeah. He's old. He's like wearing a suit. There are stories behind those eyes. Yeah, he's yeah. super serious. Mm-hmm. Um, looked great, I think. Looks uh-huh. great.
0: Uh, what? What? I, I always want to ask Ned this because he is our resident <laughs> font expert. <laughs> what do you What do you make of the font, Ned?
1: Uh, the text here is the one part of this that I think is pretty bad. Okay. I can't say I hate it when it's on a cover. This iconic. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of become part of the landscape. Uh huh. But woof. There's a there's a 3D effect on the Leonard and Cohen that's just like bigger than the actual letters. Yes, it's absurd. It like it goes the opposite directions on Leonard as it does on Cohen. it just looks bad. <laughs> now,
0: here, here's a question for you, and I wonder if um, people at home will be wondering this because on my um, on my Apple Music copy, and I, I've noticed on some online copies as well, the Leonard Cohen actually goes across the black border. It doesn't. The Cohen doesn't go on the picture.
1: Do you oh, think that is would? Do you
0: think that would make that's a better choice?
1: Probably. Yeah. Does it still have the 3D though?
0: It, it does still have the 3D, but okay, with the Cohen, wow. it, it goes upwards as well.
1: I mean. it sounds ridiculous i like the downward (laughs) better than the upward for whatever reason interesting um well
0: it's it's funny right because with with the um with the version that i just mentioned that um you know is on the apple music one it bugged me because i wish it didn't rest right on the border mm. i wish it there was a little space of black between the text but here Weirdly, I I'm more okay with that, and I can't really explain why.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, it's not cool? in the wrong spot necessarily. I think it just looks bad. Yeah, but, and there's a cheap gradient also yeah, on the colors of Larry Cohen.
0: Yeah, I yeah I don't love that. Yeah, it's poor. Mm-hmm. Songs of
1: <laughs> is uh, scrawny and weak. <laughs> Always nice to have the uh, Columbia Records logo though. Yes, the old fashioned uh, stereo marker. Yeah. So happy with that. But yeah, I do,
0: I do love the I mean, I think it's a solid picture and I like the the blackboard around it. I think it looks I think it looks striking.
1: Oh yeah. Yes. No, yeah. Other than the words, I'm all here for this. Yes. Uh it, it looks like the music, I think. Yeah. To a large degree. It's strong. It's mm-hmm. serious. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree.
1: Now we're gonna flip it over and whoa.
0: Let's talk about <laughs> the back. <laughs> okay, so we have um uh, a woman in what looks to be a sort of prison cell, brick wall on one side, bars on the other, flames engulfing most of her body and uh, behind her as well. She has long brunette hair. She has chains uh, on her wrist, and she is sort of um, she is uh, holding her hands to to the heavens with a with a a, a, so- a solemn look. I would say this is pretty wild. Yeah. I would not have expected this to be on the back.
1: <laughs> it's striking. Um, yeah. This is a Mexican religious painting that oh, he really? found in a religious goods shop in New York. Apparently. Oh, wow.
0: That's interesting.
1: Um, I looked it up a little bit. It's called the like the genre of painting. I think it's called Anima Sola, depicting a soul in purgatory. Oh. Um, now, I read somewhere about how it shows the chains have been broken suggesting that after her suffering, she will go to heaven. But I don't really actually see any evidence that these chains are broken no. in this picture. They disappear into the flames, so we cannot see where the other end of the chains that are shackled to her wrist go.
0: I'm, I'm not going to point it out first, but I want to ask, do you see like a skull hidden in here? Or a sort of scully face or like demon face? Oh, right here? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. It's a bit creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if she had broken a chain, and was going up to heaven... The front and back almost suggest a kind of story. This is like uh, in the front, we got uh, a man in crisis, maybe. Uh huh. Um, he's thinking deep thoughts about what he's going through, and on the back, we get someone who's uh, been through it all and is coming out the other side. But that's interesting. Maybe we just have someone who is currently through it all.
0: <laughs> yeah, that might be. Yeah. Which is
1: maybe more appropriate.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think, I think probably.
1: Yeah. And as you see, we get John Simon credited, but not the band Kaleidoscope. And oh, we right. get cover photo by Machine, which is a very <laughs> mysterious... <laughs> Interesting. Uh, credit. Yeah. I don't know if there's an artist called Machine or if he just went into like a photo booth in the mall. <laughs> yeah. And got the picture taken. But mm-hmm. anyway, that's the cover. These also have a uh, nice little lyric inserts in them, which is handy. Excuse me while I fish out the... It's hand handy for there. us because we like having the lyrics to look at while yes. we talk about this. There's also... It it doesn't have much. It has the lyrics, a little flap with the song titles. Lovely. And finally, it's got a very short little notes on the album from Leonard Cohen himself, which I'm going to read. Oh, great. The songs and the arrangements were introduced. They felt some affection for one another, but because of a blood feud, they were forbidden to marry. Nevertheless, the arrangements wished to throw a party. The songs preferred to retreat behind a veil of satire.
0: Oh my god. I love I love him. I <laughs> so, love
1: him. I mean that seems like a reference to the the difficult recording process uh-huh. probably that he he maybe he felt still that he hadn't found the arrangements for these songs completely. Yeah. Um, which is too bad cuz most people would say that actually they certainly did find y- them. Y- yeah, for at sure. At least for most of these tracks. Mhm. Uh, they also would not say that the songs hide behind a veil of satire no these are very earnest bleeding heart kind of songs absolutely okay yeah i think uh, i think we should get into it here we go track one so we're starting with one of the best albums of all time and this album starts with goddamn suzanne (laughs) yes it does uh what are we even gonna say about suzanne this is it's
0: I mean, re- like, so this this was a song I was familiar with uh, going into the Leonard Cohen catalog, and truly, I mean, a, a, a at this point in time, and probably until the foreseeable future, my favorite Leonard Cohen, or one of my favorite Leonard Cohen songs, and definitely just like one of my favorite songs of all time. This is beautiful.
1: Mm-hmm. What
0: a way to to start <laughs> your your music career.
1: Yeah, seriously,
0: or at least your solo music career. <laughs> yeah, what ca- I mean. God, what can be said about it? Just uh, everything works together beautifully. The guitar, lovely. The strings. I mean, his vocals and his lyrics. And then the uh, we get we get a taste of uh, the backup vocals, which I have more about that for later songs. So I'm going to save oh, yeah. that. But um, yeah, what, what have you to say on it, Ned?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's still great, even after all these years and all these listens because it's so mysterious yeah you can't pull it apart line by line and just say this means this and this means that i mean obviously you can't for most of leonard cohen's songs because poetry isn't like that yeah but this one especially for some reason Mm. more than almost anything else it's just uh it's a hole that you can't break into pieces like you would an orange <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> yeah uh yeah i don't know it's uh it's amazing it's got everything that makes an early leonard cohen song it's got like this spidery hypnotic guitar mm-hmm. kind of like a circular motion to the guitar oh i love that uh, it's got these really light and feathery backup vocals oh <gasps> Um, yeah, we're going to be talking about backup vocals
0: <laughs> Yes, we are For the
1: next several months uh, I kind of think of it as like Bob Dylan has his harmonica And Leonard Cohen has his female backing vocals Oh,
0: interesting They're okay.
1: integral to the sound of so many of his songs uh-huh. And just offer uh, a layer of warmth And like another perspective almost Which oh, is actually I love that. really valuable When you have a man talking about sex so much Right Is even though they don't necessarily say different words or sometimes they don't even say words. Um, yeah, but it's just adds a layer Mm -hmm. and a perspective. Um, and then, yeah, you get the blurring of lines between sexual and religious love, which is going to just come up over and over again. Yes. Uh, it's all there right (laughs) in the first three minutes. I guess we're done.
0: Yeah. That's that's the podcast. (laughs) good, Good night, everyone. Um, i was i was going to ask you for i mean are are there any particular sections or lines lyrics that that stick out to you i know it's hard to choose just a couple from the song
1: i mean honestly i was worried that this album was going to be too hard to talk about because uh-huh. it's it's got it's just got such a ingrained place in culture already and i think for this this song is the most like that so i don't really have specific lines to pull out okay um i did want to talk a little bit about the refrain about the touching your body with your mind Uh uh-huh um because um it's sort of interesting leonard and suzanne that was actually a platonic relationship Mm. uh, which most people wouldn't expect no just knowing anything about leonard right if you don't know he's a bit of a info. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Uh, you might say, um, but no, uh, Suzanne was the wife of a friend of his in Montreal. She was the first of like the cool crowd to move out to old Montreal apparently. Mm. So that's why there's the lines about walking down to the river. Yeah. Um, old Montreal is located next to the St. Lawrence river for those who don't know. Uh, and she really did Give her guests oranges and tea that she got from the nearby Chinatown markets.
0: Oh, <laughs> first th- that for me is always a line that pops out when I think of this song. Yeah. I always think that she feeds you tea and oranges that come all the way from China.
1: Well, it's, Leonard doesn't actually use concrete details that much. Right. Um, He's oh, often maybe talking why. about like lofty ideas and, you know, God's love and this kind of thing. Yeah. And so you yeah, had to really get the image and the smells and the tastes and the sights mm-hmm. of just a table laid with orange slices and steaming cups of tea. Yeah, yeah. It, it really. Beautiful. Just brings you right into the song. Absolutely. But yeah, so I was going to say, um, I don't want to like, overdo the talking about Leonard's autobiography as we go through these songs, because okay. I think the songs should stand on their own. Yeah. And they do. Um, But at the same time, he's someone who used his own life in his songs famously and mm-hmm. obviously. So I think we're going to, have to talk about it a little bit. So I think it's just, uh, knowing this about his relationship with Suzanne casts a different light on the refrain about touching bodies with minds. Yeah. Um, I always, before I knew this had taken it as just talking about, you know, when you're in an intimate relationship with someone and you have sex and it is not just a physical act but it really brings you emotionally closer yeah that's just i thought it was just as simple as that yeah um but if we imagine that the song's not talking about sex at all then it turns these lines from being just about a really good fuck into something else completely Mm -hmm. now it seems like leonard or the character in this song uh only touched suzanne with his mind not his body at all, which, oh,
0: uh, oh, yeah, I
1: don't know what that means. No, uh, maybe he thinks about her at night when he's back home. Maybe, and, uh, does what you do when you think of beautiful <laughs> woman at home alone, right? Um, but that's probably not what Jesus was doing, so oh. then we get another complication to that. God. But the idea of Jesus is that he moves people, right? Yeah, he. It touches their body, in other words, without touching them. Since yes. He's been dead for thousands of years. Uh, I don't think he'd have a very sensual touch these days. Not these days. <laughs> I, I don't really want to be literally touched by Jesus No, today. no. But he can touch my mind. No, he can touch my body with his mind. Yes, that's yes, 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 That's what's That's, yeah. That, Jesus, if you're listening, <laughs> that's okay. Shout
0: out to Jesus. <laughs> um, I, I Just as a side note, I... The second verse in particular, for whatever reason, just blows me away every time I'm just enamored mm-hmm. with with the language and just this 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 particular portrait of Jesus and the way he's depicted. Yeah, I just think it's so stunning.
1: I agree. Yeah, it's kind of brutal, isn't it? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, because he says, "If and when he knew for certain only drowning men could see him, he said, all men will be sailors then until the sea shall free them. So, yeah. I mean, it's tough to make people drown, but if that's what you need to see Jesus, that's what you need to see Jesus. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. No, I, I'm being flippant, but I agree. These are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you were being flippant.
1: These are beautiful words. Uh, yeah, uh, the almost human is what really gets me. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, that. If you think about Jesus, like really wanting to be human completely. Yeah that's touching yeah yeah i also thought just possibly the um touching your body with your mind bit uh also kind of works as an interesting commentary on music or leonard's music anyway Um, because he's got these beautiful lyrics that pierce our hearts so in a a way he's touching our bodies with his mind Mm -hmm. um but knowing that Suzanne is his first song as distinct from a poem, that means that the physical performance of it was super important to him uh, for these words. Yeah. Like these weren't supposed to just be read on a page. These are being sung by someone. He's playing guitar. He's using his lungs and his vocal cords and everything.
0: Yes, that's an important point. Yeah. Uh, so he's
1: also using his body to touch our minds. Damn. Um,
0: yeah. Which Excellent. I might be reaching there, but I think hey, it's interesting. I, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down.
1: Cool. Well, Suzanne, do you have uh, anything else?
0: Oh, the uh another thing I was gonna say is um you see you see this throughout um his lyrics on this album in particular, but I imagine there are probably future albums where this is true too, where there's a lot of um natural imagery. Mm. Um, and in this one in particular, there's a lot to do with bodies of water. Mm. And I find that interesting. You have, um, hold on, I have them down here. Um, her place near the river, let the river answer the whole se- <laughs> the whole second verse, as we <laughs> just described, our lady of the Harbor, the heroes in the seaweed. Um, and I don't really have any point to make about that. I just thought that was, uh, that was interesting and was really only cause I've been listening to a- this song for a long time. And it was something I only really picked up on, um, in preparation for, yeah. Today.
1: Yeah, well he lived on he lived in two cities that were islands, Montreal and Manhattan. Right. Um and the rest of the time he spent on a Greek island. That's right. Um so yeah, I think being able to look out the window or take a medium-sized walk and get to a large body of water is something that would just have been really present in his whole life. Yeah. Uh and probably meant a lot to him. Um, I feel like deep people like water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... I think everyone likes water. They're deep. It's deep. We need deep. it. We, it's water. Yeah. It's like the thing. You can't go wrong. Yeah. Well, I guess sometimes you
0: can. <laughs> you can have too much. <laughs> if it's too cold. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Only drowning men can see him. Uh, um. All right. Well, that's a great song.
0: My God. It is, <laughs> it is beautiful.
1: Yeah. Up next, track two master song Mm -hmm. the song in which leonard cohen admits to being a beta cuck (laughs) Uh,
0: yeah (laughs) yeah truly
1: yeah um i mean no (laughs) i don't know i don't this isn't necessarily leonard cohen's life you don't really you don't think of him as being on that side of a love triangle really you think of him being like the other guy
0: that's funny because I, i i i My assumption is just when you're someone who is out there that much and loves that much that you're bound to end up in that. So like for for me, it's not such a a stretch to see him in that position to have to know love. You have to know heartbreak and to know, you know, um, uh, can't find the word. No, I want to say betrayal, but it's not betrayal. Well, fine. It's in the realm of betrayal. Sure. Yeah. Let's go with that. then.
1: (laughs) You got to know what it's like to be a cuck. Uh, <laughs> to have the full human experience,
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a this is a I don't know if "lovely" is the right word to use to describe the song, but it's great, is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Big time. Um, um
1: yeah. Also worth pointing out, we'll get to it later, but this is not the only Leonard Cohen song in which he is uh, on this side of a love triangle, right? Anyway, that's okay, that's just a little teaser <laughs> yeah, yeah, excellent. for a couple episodes from
0: now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I I like the uh I like the uh instrumentation of this one. It's a little more um a little more foreboding.
1: Mm. Yeah, a little a little darker. Yeah. Um The bass is really something. mm -hmm. It's uh it's got a I mean, hypnotic is a word that gets thrown around a lot on this album, but it's usually about Leonard's guitar. But I think the bass here is really doing a lot of work. Yeah, for sure. Um, It's really like Grounding it, and just keeping it flowing. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Kaleidoscope, yeah. man. When they, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think they might be a really good band, actually. Okay, cool. It's also really cool. Out. They uh, like the ver- the instrumentation keeps changing every verse in this song, almost yes. every verse. Yeah. Um, and it shouldn't really work, but it does. It's great. I love that like shimmery guitar that they do. Um, they've got some like almost horror movie like rusty strings going. Oh, Those, yeah. Yeah, they got an organ playing some arpeggios. See, this, okay,
0: this is where I have slightly different, because, yeah, you've got the guitar, you've got the bass, you've got that one instrument that I don't really know what it is, because it sort of sounds like a wind or, like, horn instrument, but I think it might be strings. Do you know which one I'm talking about?
1: I'm not sure. There are strings in there. Well, there are strings, yeah, but not, not that. It might be, I thought it was an organ, but it's not being played the way an organ normally is. I have a note about that later.
0: Okay, but then there's like an electric keyboard later that has an organy sound.
1: Okay, maybe that's what I'm talking about. And then there's the electric guitar, <laughs>
0: and for me personally, I actually don't, I don't love the the electric guitar inclusion or the oh. or the keyboard inclusion. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I just, I, I don't, um, I don't think those particular sounds fit as as, as much with the song personally. That's
1: fair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I used to feel. More that way, and then I don't know. Just uh, I've listened to this song so much, maybe I've just come to appreciate those sounds. I don't know. I really like the. So I just need to give it a couple years, and I'll come around. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Cool. I really uh, never mind, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I like that guitar sound. Uh Um, I don't know why. You don't have to. It sounds good to me.
0: Yeah. Cool. I I made a note about the the fifth verse in particular. Great. I really that one really compels me and now i hear your master sing you kneel for him to come his body is a golden string that your body is hanging from his body is a golden string my body has grown numb oh now you hear your master sing your shirt is all undone yeah yeah just the the string imagery it's so great and I really didn't have much, much more to add on that, but I just needed to. That's the thing is, is um, that I find for a lot of notes where I, where I pick out specific lyrics is like, I don't really have anything the lyrics speak for themselves. You just kind of have to hear them and go, oh yeah, that is beautiful. <laughs> that is absolutely stunning.
1: Yeah. I know what you mean. I was running into the same problem. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Hopefully on Leonard Cohen's, some of his later albums, when he might be, um, Not quite at the top of his game. Okay. We can do a little more reaching to try to figure out what he's saying. Okay. (laughs) But here he's just, I mean, it's not necessarily that I know right off exactly what he's saying, but I don't need to. It's like these carry all the emotional weight that they need to. Yeah, exactly. Whether or not a literal meaning is there on the surface. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I like when he says he took you up in his airplane because I always, for some reason, think about that bit in Mad Men when Ted Shaw takes Don Draper up in his airplane. Oh. And Don Draper's all scared. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's Leonard Cohen in this song.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's normally <laughs> Don Draper,
1: but today he's terrified.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's great.
1: Yeah. Big song. Yeah. Sexy song. Very. Um, there was one review I read of this album that said that this song would work really well talking about two characters from leonard's novel beautiful losers oh okay which i cannot comment upon uh i did start reading it once a long time ago i didn't finish <laughs> okay i will try again <laughs> one day we'll have to get someone in who really knows the writing okay cool uh, yeah the novels um who can tell us great all about them because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't i mean this was a long time ago but yeah i was lost okay yeah okay But, you know, there was a review of Beautiful Losers. Someone said James Joyce is alive and living in Montreal. So, Oh, I see. It must be pretty good, right? Uh, Presumably, yeah. Uh, Well, that's all I got on Master Song. Uh, Yeah, me too. Which brings us to Winter Lady, track three. A lovely little... Little ditty. Th-
0: this one can be described as lovely. This is a lovely little yeah, song.
1: This is a little underdog of a song. Yeah, I but I, I love agree. It. I love it so much. I do
0: too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you you know what the 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 um, the music of this one. Did you ever get into um it, to Nick Drake much?
1: you know i haven't a okay whole lot.
0: this one kind of reminds me of, of like something off of um mm. five uh oh god what's the album i think it's called five leaves left this is it's his first album um especially it, it's the it's the flute really and i think there's also um that lovely like um sort of twinkling sound that comes in later what instrument is that it's like a not a piano but a it's like uh, a,
1: you're talking about the, like, I think it might be a harpsichord. Yes. Or it's a harpsichord yeah, yeah, yeah. type of sound anyway.
0: Yeah, there's just some, I mean, it's not, obviously it's not exactly the same, um, but uh, yeah, it was just reminiscent of that. And I wondered if there was influence because Nick Drake came shortly after Leonard Cohen with that album anyway.
1: I mean, I'd be pretty surprised if Nick Drake didn't listen to Leonard Cohen.
0: I mean, I did briefly peek at the Wikipedia page and he it did say, it, it listed some specific people, including Bob Dylan and said, um, basically american and british folk so yeah probably yeah. i imagine you could have fallen into that anyway i think yeah the 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 instruments and the the music of this one's really pretty it's like being in a forest yeah yeah
1: well yeah i think even more of a like a snowstorm right Or not necessarily a snowstorm but a snowy landscape um partly that's because it's, called, it's called Winter Lady. But yeah. also this is one of the three songs that is in McCabe and Mrs. Miller and is oh. forever tied in my brain to that, no matter how I try to untangle them. Uh, right. Um, not, I mean, McCabe and Mrs. Miller is more rain than snow, but there's some snow. Out of, okay. had a key part. Um, but yeah, no, the sound is great, mm-hmm. whether it's a forest or a snowy landscape. Yes. Um, it's uh, such a melancholy sound which really appeals to the part of me that would rather be sad than happy. Okay. Which is a big part of me, unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, We can talk about this more. We will talk about this more in a future episode, uh, one song in particular. But I think, um, I mean, there's kind of a genre of sad folk songs about sad, sexy relationships, (laughs) but Leonard Cohen especially is the master of them. And I think he, more than anyone is responsible for, so much of the attitude I had towards sex as a young man.
0: Oh um, yeah.
1: Which is like, I wasn't, I didn't just want to get laid. I wanted to get laid and then like smoke a cigarette while it's snowing outside and like, think sadly about how there's always going to be a distance between two people. You oh know?
0: my God. But, like that was <laughs>
1: yeah. my, that was my dream of a Saturday night. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um. So thanks. Leonard. <laughs> Let's get this
0: party started, <laughs> baby. Thank
1: you very much. <laughs> Leonard, you have, you ruined me. Yeah. <laughs> But uh,
0: you, you, I think you've, as you said, you maybe grown out of that a little <laughs> bit more. I don't know.
1: I'm, I've matured. There you go. Um, but yeah, it's obviously it's something that appeals to a lot of people or else this kind of song wouldn't be a song. Lana Del Rey wouldn't be around. Very true. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, you, you don't get a lot of details about no. this relationship in the lyrics. Um, but it's you just get a sense from... You know, traveling lady, stay a while until the night is over. I'm just a station on your way. I know I'm not your lover. Yeah, it's so damn. like uh, resigned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heartrending, but yeah, it's not hard to see why I would be in love with melancholy because it just sounds so much better than joy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's more aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, can't argue with that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it sounds like we don't have too much more to say about Winter Lady, which is a little too bad because I think we both really like it. Well, but... I,
0: I I mean, I guess what I would include is is really just with no comment in particular, just the, the verse. Um, she used to wear her hair like you, except when she was sleeping. And then she'd weave it on a loom of smoke and gold and breathing. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Let's not be... Uh... We'll have no judgment about just reading a lyric and leaving it at that. Okay, That's cool. Fine. Excellent. Um, the listeners, I assume, like the lyrics. Yeah, I, I should hope so. We'll be happy to be reminded of them. Okay,
0: great. Yeah. Great. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a its a short little song. Doesn't overstay its welcome. It's lovely. I think uh, that yeah. really is. Yeah, it's it sort
1: of just like creeps into existence and then just creeps on out. Yeah. Ex- yeah. You can almost just like not even notice it. But yeah. I mean that in the best way. Right. Right. Uh, and before we move on to the next song, I say we pour a little more wine. I think that's a great idea. Next track is track four, the stranger song. Mm-hmm. Big song.
0: Yes, it's the <laughs> first. Okay, now I know you can say a little bit about this. It's the first song with that, with that finger picking he does. That's apparently very difficult.
1: <laughs> it sure is. Well, he says it's. He, he says it's just like a little trick he learned. Right. Um, I've never. Learned it. I've never understood what it is. I haven't really tried. Okay. My guitar, at least acoustic, was more focused on like the folk style, traditional folk style finger picking. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, it's something. Yeah. It sounds
0: so good. Oh god, it sounds so good. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, it's almost weird he didn't use it more. Like I know he's like very associated with it, but he actually doesn't use it that often. Yeah,
0: Um, I mean, I I, I would argue that's a good thing. I don't yeah. know if you were making a point to the contrary. I guess that's true. Yeah, because, I mean, something I was going to remark on later, but I might as well now, now's a good t- a time as any. Like, this album, the, the sound of it is very cohesive, while still a lot of it has, like, there are pockets of, like, sounding different. Mm. There are very different energies and moods to, to each song, and I appreciate that. Yeah. And if it was always that... I mean, because like it's beautiful, but I think it's probably a little harder for that one to sound like distinct from each yeah. song.
1: No, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> oh my god, <laughs> I did it! <laughs> I won. <laughs> uh, yeah. I find um some of these songs, I do find that the mind can wander a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they're you know they're they're slow, they're soft, they're relatively like sort of monotone if i can say that i don't mean it in a bad way right um whereas this song my mind still wanders but it's like somehow its wanderings are trapped within the confines of this song
0: i totally know what you mean like i'll be
1: thinking about strangers yeah even if i'm thinking about other strangers yeah. You know? and i think it's because that guitar is just so i mean i'm gonna say it again it's hypnotic yeah um, There's In the Leonard Cohen biography by Sylvie Simmons, she says of this album that there's a hypnotic quality to the album, the cumulative effect of the pace and inflection, the circular guitar, Leonard's unhurried authoritative voice through which the songs are absorbed and trusted as much as understood. Ooh, lovely. Which is kind of what we've been talking about. just like these lyrics just are there and they say what they say and you don't necessarily know exactly what they mean or... What they're referencing, but it doesn't matter. Be, being trusted
0: rather than understood is a really beautiful way of yeah of putting it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, yeah, that's Leonard's greatest trick, right? <laughs> if you want to call it a trick, right? Yeah, it's just like he sounds like he knows. He whatever he's talking about, he he knows. Yeah, for sure. uh And you can listen to it, and you can know that you're in good hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my partner said that if he had been born in a different time, he would have been a prophet, and I think that is probably true. I think that's yeah, probably he just true. Has that magical ability to just be trusted. Yeah. 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 Um, this is the first, just a guy on a guitar song. Also, I,
0: I actually made a note about that. <laughs> yeah, I was because I was like, is it?
1: And it's you know like this is what you think of as like the quintessential guy and guitar album almost, but yeah, like, it really isn't. No, it so isn't. Um, but then this one is, and it it's perfectly placed on the album. Yeah, we were ready for that. Now, Winter Lady is kind of just a nice little, small calm, intro into this epic of an acoustic song, and it's. Oh, it's so good. It's kind of become just like a sleeper favorite on this album for me. Right. Um, it never used to be my number one favorite, but it's the one I'm thinking about the most now. By okay, far. cool. Um
0: I think his vocals really really sell like the subject matter of this song. Oh, yeah. The like, yeah.
1: The voice is amazing. He here. sounds like
0: he sounds like the stranger. Yeah. <laughs> he sounds like the mysterious stranger coming coming through your life. Yeah. He's yeah. uh
1: he's I think talked about how he had his voice down for this album and then had lost it. He, he couldn't quite sing the way he wanted to on the next few albums. Oh. And he took a while to come back to a voice that he was comfortable with. Mm. Whether or not that's true, we'll get to later, but right. definitely had the voice down here. Oh, it's, God. Uh, like his voice is a limited instrument. There's no getting around that. Uh-huh. He doesn't have a huge range. No. Uh, doesn't have an amazing technique or any of that but like
0: does he ever work around that (laughs) and just find find ways to suit yeah his voice for sure yeah there are a lot of lyrics i really like in this song um the second verse in particular i find notable and and then sweeping up the jokers that he left behind you find he did not leave you very much not even laughter like any dealer he was watching for the card that is so high and wild he'll never need to deal another yeah yeah
1: you like that one because you think when he's laughing, it's like he's the joker. Well, yeah, <laughs> yes.
0: But no, it's actually more the specifically line like any dealer he was watching for the card that is so high and wild, he'll never need to deal another. Absolutely. Yeah. There's something about that that just really just tickles me. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Also... This is absolutely uh, this is a this is a reach thought, but I had to say it out loud. Otherwise, it will just be trapped in my brain bouncing around with no place to go. (laughs) But in the verse, um, let's meet tomorrow if you choose upon the shore beneath the bridge that they are building on some endless river. Is it a coincidence that there are a couple of (laughs) like card game references in there? You, you got bridge and you got the river like in poker
1: oh yeah that's good yeah 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 Maybe. just thought
0: i just thought i'd mention that <laughs> um i also and like referencing it as the holy game of poker earlier mm. love that too
1: yeah i always yeah. loved uh or say i always loved <laughs> lately yeah, i've really loved <laughs> what's been getting me is uh um i don't know which verse it is but well, I've been waiting, I was sure. We'd meet between the trains we're waiting for. I think it's time to board another. Please understand I never had a secret chart to get me to the heart of this or any other matter. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. the secret chart. And it's really nice use of uh, rhymes in the wrong place.
0: Oh, yeah. Great. For sure.
1: This is another song that uh, more than the other two is so associated with make cave and mrs miller in my head oh really this is just, this is it this is this is the movie to me oh okay um especially the line about curling just like smoke above his shoulder beautiful and it's great and when that comes in the movie right when he says it you see uh, warren Beatty smoking a cigar and having the smoke curling up wow over his shoulder and it's just uh really nice <laughs> oh my god incredible yeah, yeah. that is beautiful Great movie. Great
0: Got to check it out.
1: <laughs> yeah, just uh, the last thing on this song, um, again from the Leonard Cohen biography by Sylvie Simmons. She says, the stranger might be the Jew exiled by ancestry, the troubadour rootless by necessity, or the writer whom domesticity would sap of his will to create. Which may be, but somehow it doesn't seem quite right to me maybe it's only because of Gabe, mrs miller but i always see this as more of leonard like really leaning into the country interest that we talked about oh okay um when are we gonna get the buckskin boys bootleg by the way
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, whenever it can be (laughs) recovered or found
1: um yeah it just seems more of a song about like that the archetype in like western yeah absolutely of the drifter or the rambler or whatever yeah strolling
0: um, into th- the to the saloon or yeah the, yeah
1: um, but because it's cohen it gets more complicated because yes then he's he even you he can't even be sure who the stranger is yeah he says you it's you my love you who are the stranger yeah whoops <laughs> <laughs> exactly and then uh like the bridge line you mentioned is apparently a reference to building the champlain bridge in montreal Okay, never mind about my
0: by my card theory.
1: <laughs> hey, it could be two things. You're so right. Which takes us very far away from the rainy northwest of McCabe and Mrs. Miller if we're in Montreal. So I don't know, but uh it's a lot of things. This yeah. song. I think it can be whatever you need it to be.
0: Absolutely. I love it. Yeah, really, it's I really, beautiful. I really, I really love it. Beautiful, haunting, lovely. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. And then we get on to the final song. Of McCabe and Mrs. Miller.
0: <laughs> oh, true. oh, really?
1: Uh, also, the final song of Side A. What a coincidence! Sisters of Mercy. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this one?
0: Uh, I think uh, I think this one's also lovely. <laughs> yeah,
1: me too. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't have like a super lot to say about this one, but uh, I feel
1: like um, the melodies of these songs can often just feel like you don't really notice them very much he really understates them He right. plays them so casually but uh when i was listening to this this morning i was singing along with it and i was like oh well, this is incredible like it's such a satisfying progression the the it melody I mean, yeah
0: well i i wrote that the melody of this one it feels like a lullaby mm. yeah not so much in the lyrical content but well <laughs> i mean eh,
1: that uh lyrical. sort of makes sense yeah from the story that uh he tells of how he wrote this song Oh, really? Yeah. Go on. Um, he was staying in Edmonton at a hotel and he met two backpackers, two young female backpackers, and brought them back to his hotel. But they just slept and he sat there playing his guitar and watching them. And he wrote this song and then he sang oh. it for them in the morning and then they went on their way. <laughs> oh my God.
0: I love that. Yeah. Cause that, yeah, I think, I think that really does fit. Yeah. Okay, good.
1: Uh, and it's <laughs> funny because, like, we've talked about um, Leonard Cohen has such a reputation for being a ladies' man, obviously. Uh-huh. But if you think about what we've had so far, we have the first song where he's maybe pining for his friend's wife. Yeah. And the second song where he's a beta cuck. Uh-huh. Third song, yeah, they're having sex, but it's sad. Right. And then, I don't know about the fourth, what's the stranger song. That that probably is a lot of sex going on in there. Sure. But between the lines.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And then we here we get a song... Where he has two young female backpackers, they're probably from Sweden or something. Okay. Sometimes when he tells the story, he takes care to mention that they wore miniskirts, which was rare in Edmonton, I gather. Right. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah. But he just watches them sleep. Yeah. What a gentleman. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Because I because I've got to just
0: read the lyrics as they are. (laughs) Well, they lay down beside me, I made my confession to them. They touched both my eyes, and I touched the dew on their hem. If your life is a leaf that the seasons tear off and condemn, they will bind you with love that is graceful and green as a stem.
1: Mm. I always think it's going to be a stem in the line before that, that your love is a leaf that you oh, that te- tear off at the st- stem. Oh, yeah. Um, and I like that he always tricks me. Every time, no matter yeah. how many times I listen to it. Oh,
0: that's interesting because I haven't had that, but I can. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, like I said, this is a, the third of the three songs that are featured in McCabe, Mrs. Miller. So that mm-hmm. might be the reason for this, but I really can't picture the song in any place but like an old timey Western whorehouse, right? Um, the uh, it took me a long time to notice how uh-huh. weird the arrangement is in the song. Go on. At some points, there's like a part in the middle where like it gets a little louder or Uh at least a little fuller. Yes, it's so weird. It's like almost like a freak folk, like Devendra Banhart or something.
0: Yes, that's so true.
1: Yeah, kaleidoscope, man.
0: We're yeah, we're really (laughs) (laughs) we're just gonna transition this podcast to be about kaleidoscope.
1: This is my new life mission: it's just to evangelize about. The Merits of Kaleidoscope.
0: Do do they? Do you know if they work on any more of his albums or is this the last no, one? No,
1: I don't believe so. Okay. Yeah. Um, but maybe they work on other people's albums. We should find out. <laughs> yes, we should. I only listened to their own, their first one, and had a good time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's like quite as affecting as the more restrained stuff that we've had so far, that mm-hmm. arrangement. But it is really interesting. Um, and I like that it doesn't uh, stick around for the whole song. Yeah. So. Yeah, me too. I, I guess th- I'm not Yeah. Up too much. I think that's a cool choice
0: that it begins and ends with the same. Yeah. Tone, yeah. Well, looks
1: like that's side one, folks. Oh my god. We did it. Yeah, we sure <laughs> did. Well, we did half of it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you don't know the half of it. <laughs> Sorry. <I do. laughs> yes, you do. But not the other half, which we'll get to soon. Yes, we will. Um, we'll see you in a couple of days for episode 2 of Lenny and Coco, the Leonard Cohen podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you soon.
0: Thank you so much. Have a good day, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Do I have
0: to dance all night? Do I have to dance all night? Who tell me,
1: bird of paradise? Good night friends, thank you very much.